Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of Points and Penalties. My name is Josh. With me are my co-hosts, Jesse, Peter, and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking myself a uh, PBR. You know, change it up a bit. Every now and then, I don't mind, don't mind a beer. Peter, what are you drinking? Thanks, Kev. Well, let me ask you, boys. Do you like watermelon? That's all nope. right. Yep. And do you like beer? Yeah. I think that's obvious. <laughs> See, I like watermelon and I like beer. And I was strolling through the LCBO and I saw a Mill Street Brewery watermelon wheat beer. That's interesting. So I decided to get a couple. And I'm trying them out. And they're they're okay. <laughs> it's not too strong of a watermelon taste. So, Peter, you're drinking watermelon juice? <laughs> it's a watermelon beer, Jesse. It's a watermelon wheat. You're having water, watermelon beer, melon juice, bud. Just like how you said I had you chocolate milk, milk and water. <laughs> but those are facts. And, and the other week you were invisible, Pete, <laughs> and didn't have, couldn't see what you were drinking. It's twice in a row, bud. Sometimes I'm sneaky, Pete, too. But anyway, so watermelon wheat. It's uh, it's light and fruity. Doesn't have a huge watermelon taste, but uh, you know it's okay so far. Uh, Jesse, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Gray Matter. It's a local brewery in King Garden. Picked it up this weekend. It's called Mission to Mars. It's just an IPA. It's pretty good. It's actually only five percent though, boys. Oh, uh, you bitch! I bitched out this week. Josh, what are you having? I might finally have you on the alcohol content here. I got a 5.4% from Furnace Room Brewery out of Georgetown. It's called Chicken Man Pale Ale. Chicken Man. Man. It's got a picture of a guy on a bike with a chicken in it. And uh, apparently it's an homage to to some guy uh, that used to roam around the streets in Georgetown on a bike with a chicken. So it's citrusy. Tastes pretty good. I like it. And uh, I hope I don't run out. You didn't just get one again, did you? I did, I did, I did. I am a fool. I'm a fool. <laughs> Amateur hour. Yeah, man. So the state of Georgia, Georgia lawmakers are making it more difficult for voters in uh, blooming urban and suburban counties to vote. And as a result of this, the MLB has removed the All-Star game from Atlanta. Basically, they're making making it harder by imposing new, stricter ID requirements uh, that hamper these voters. And many of these areas, the people don't have the, the proper ID that they need to go and vote, therefore preventing them to vote. So they don't necessarily have a driver's license uh, or they don't have this, this type of, of ID or that type of ID. And they're moving voting uh, poll stations further away from these smaller communities and poorer communities, some up to like 30 miles away. Well, these people have no means to get 30 miles away. They're not walking 30 miles. They don't have vehicles and the public transit doesn't serve somewhere 30 miles away. Essentially, the Georgia government is basically taking voting rights away from citizens. So as I said, the MLB is, uh, they don't feel it's right. So they're pulling the game as kind of a, I guess, a punishment type thing to the state. 
Um, Atlanta Braves don't agree with the MLB. They still want the all-star game for obvious reasons of, you know, um, there's going to be some sort of cash flow that they're going to be losing now, whether there is fans or not. You know, Joe Biden has said that he supports the MLB and disagrees with Georgian lawmakers. And of course, on the other side of that, Donald Trump is completely the opposite. And he obviously supports the new bill and wanting only specific people to be able to vote. Um, so just thought this was an interesting uh, way to start our show here. And how, what do you guys think? Like, do you think that it should stay in Atlanta? I mean, really this has nothing to do with sports, but it is obviously affecting sports. I agree with the MLB's decision. I think the, the law that got passed uh, is clearly viewed by many as targeting sort of the poorer communities and making it more difficult for generally democratic leaning voters, making it more difficult to, for them to vote. And it was passed by the Republican group that's still in power there in Georgia. And so like you even see, you saw guys like LeBron go on Twitter and say as a, he's happy to be a part owner in this league now that he bought into the Red Sox. I think it is that he agrees with the decision. And I think a lot of the league agrees with the decision. And I think it makes sense. Like it's sports has a big platform and they reach a lot of people. And I think it makes sense to use that platform where they think it's right to, uh, to sort of protest where they think it's right. Yeah. Peter, I agree with you with that. Like, I think it was because a lot of Biden won a lot of votes in Georgia in the election this uh, last year. And that was the whole reasoning of trying to turn it around and everything like that is to segregate this, that they don't get as many votes from the neighborhoods that would be more democratic, that would vote for more Democrats. But this is, it's weird because MLB has never been part of the political spectrum really. Whereas the NFL and the NBA have really been a part of it and everything like that. So it's a step in the right direction because MLB is considered like the old boys club and they're changing, they're changing in some ways. So it's, uh, it's good. Yeah. For myself, uh, I just try to stay out of the politics, man. I mean, if that's the way they want to run it, then the MLB can do what they want to do. Yeah. I agree with you guys. Like, I don't think it was, it's, it's, it's a stupid, it's a stupid shitty bill how can you take the voting rights away from, from the people, no matter who they are, who they uh, lean towards left, right, you know, up, down, fucking backwards, purple, pink, red, like who gives a fuck, let them vote. As long as they have the, uh, you know, as long as they're citizens and have the right or, or residents, what have you, and have the right to vote, then they need to be able to vote. We're at the point where we're, we're trying to get more people to vote and we're making things more accessible. And, and here we have Georgia trying to make it more difficult and it's, it's asinine. I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad the the MLB has kind of stepped in here and taken this once in a lifetime political stance and uh, and are trying to show, like you said, Peter, use their platform and show everybody like, hey, this is not right. So good for the MLB on that, and we'll see uh, we'll see if anything changes. I mean, who knows? Like I said, polit- politics isn't uh, isn't a whole whole lot to do with sports, but thought it was definitely something that we should talk about and uh, kind of throw our opinions out and. Uh, so thank you guys for that. And I don't want to go too much, too much on the political stuff. Cause I know we could just go and go and go. We wouldn't talk about any, any sports at all. So 
So let's stick with some sports. Uh, spring training's over. Regular season has started. And the first big thing to come out of the MLB season is a bench-clearing brawl. The Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals uh, decided that they need to go and chat with each other in the middle of the field, a little pushing and shoving. Uh, so it all happened from a Nick Castellanos uh, hit by pitch. So he gets, obviously he gets hit. He turns around and he chirps uh, the pitcher, Jake Woodford. He picks up the ball, offers it back to the pitcher saying, here, you need this. And then he throws it away from him into the dugout or whatever. So he, you know, he takes his base a couple batters later. He makes his way around a third, a wild pitch by Woodford ends up allowing Nick to attempt to go home. He does. He ends up being safe. He jumps up in excitement. Uh, obviously Woodford is the guy that is going to try and tag him. He flexes and chirps him a little more and Yadier Merlina, the Cardinals uh, was not having that and got right into his face. And then of course the bench is cleared bullpens cleared ding, ding. and it was uh it was pretty fun to see you know i always like bench clearing brawls there's no real fisticuffs in this one but uh, just a lot of pushing shoving and trash talking but uh, it was good to see on day two of of the mlb season so you know then on the way back everything's kind of calmed down on the way back to the bullpen the, all the pitchers started getting into it again and they almost started another fight out there so i just thought that was pretty funny Cassiolanus was the only player uh, ejected and he later said that uh, Yadier told him that that Woodford didn't mean to, to hit him it wasn't intentional uh, and he he said he respects Yadier so much that he believes him and he's he also said that he said Yadier he said that guy could punch me in the face and I would still ask him for a signed jersey <laughs> so I mean and obviously Yadier deserves that respect he's a great great catcher from a lot of years so uh, that's good to see that he, he does have some respect for him there but either side it was pretty funny like bench clearing brawl on day two yeah it looked like it was more like he said that it was just more emotion and everything yeah, like that because he was pumped for to, to score there and that's my problem with the mlb is they don't allow that shit because yep. you can't change it to the way of baseball right and you can't celebrate anything except for a save or a win or whatever kind of thing like that like when anyone scores in hockey everyone's like they do like that guitar thing or they they slide on their knee pads and stuff like that they celebrate after they score a goal they should celebrate when they hit a home run too kind of thing like that like i know that no one likes that bat flip or whatever but i think there's a point to every celly though too right like remember uh to with the the dallas star in the center, you've got, you know, if a guy were to throw his glove up like Timo Solani did <laughs> now and shoot it out of the air, that would probably not fly anymore. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So there is a limit, but I agree, Jess. They need to let these guys have that excitement and, and that energy. And that's going to, that is going to bring viewers in 100%. Yeah. And it gets people excited because, like, yeah, it gets raw emotions going for sure. And that could either be a good thing or a bad thing. Like, some people take that that negativity and, and put in their game because they want to use it as fuel to drive them. And mm -hmm. some people break down because they're so frustrated with it and everything like that. And their play ends up being bad. So I'm all for that uh, psychological stuff that messes with the player's ability to play the game in any sport. So, and I hate when they get penalized for it, but with the bench clearing brawl and everything like that, like, Nick Cassianos might be suspended for a couple of games because they're not supposed to be doing that at all. Oh, with COVID, right? 
Right, right. I never thought about that. Yeah, it's it's the same thing as last year. It's a uh, league. They're, they it's pretty much illegal in the game. They don't want that at all, which I completely get. He didn't tell the bench to clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's the guy that started yeah. it, right? Yeah. He instigated. Like I said, they're they're trying to no fun kind of thing like that, right? Like, and uh, Yachty Molina was the one that took offense to it too, right? Right, yeah, because what he said when he got up and flexed. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a big collision at the plate still too. It wasn't just you know like he got in there safely, but the pitcher and him actually yeah. collided, so he got in. Safe. That's why he got ejected. That that's what they're saying that he got ejected yeah. for was for hitting the pitcher. Because he, he came in, yeah, he got he slid because he came in and slid too hard against the catcher. That doesn't make any sense to me. Or, well, it wasn't the catcher no, at the no, time. It was, it was a pitcher. No, it was a pitcher, no, was a pitcher right? but still, that doesn't – like, he wasn't there at the base. Like, the base was open. They both got there at the same time. That I don't like yeah. that at all. I thought he yeah. got tossed because because of the flexing and, and yeah. basically taunting well, him is what I thought. He got tossed – I think the same thing, Josh. He got tossed because he did that little flex move and said something to him, which the back catcher had, you know, hey, buddy, you don't do that to my pitcher. And ding, ding, here we go. That's interesting, Jess. I never, I didn't know that. I didn't read that. So that that's quite interesting. That that's why he got he got booted. And then because yeah, instigating fights and everything like that is strictly prohibited and everything like that. So I was forget where it is here, but I was reading one of the instigators from last year got like I think it was like a coach got suspended for like twenty games. That's aggressive. Well, it was because he was like talking. I think he was talking shit from the. The dugout to the guy hmm. at 20 games last which, year like, was a, that's a big hit i mean sure it's just it's a coach yeah. which is but it was, but it was yeah. just a coach and that was probably it because he he was instigating it like crazy from the dugout like but you, you should be able to talk shit to people and not get upset about for it sure. for sure like they're all professionals all right gents so the blue jays started off their regular season with a big win over the yankees uh, and then followed it up with a day off and then a loss of the Yankees. So they are one and one. Uh, they play later on today, not too long from now, actually, uh, the last game of the series versus the Yanks. Uh, TJ Zook is expected to get the start. And then the Jays head to Texas for a three-game series starting Monday. And then after that, we'll head back to Dunedin uh, for their first homestand with four games against L.A. And that will start on Thursday. Now, hopefully for that game on Thursday, we will have our big signing, George Springer, as he's been out for the last, uh, you know, half a week, three quarters of a week here uh, with an oblique strain, as we mentioned last week. So he took BP on Saturday, looked pretty good, looked pain-free. So all signs seem to be pointing towards him returning on Thursday. And hopefully uh, that's the case because I could use his points in my damn fantasy league. So do we know how long he's been actually hurt then if he starts Thursday? Well, so he was put on the 10 day uh, IL and it was retroactive to, you know, a few days before, which is weird because the season hadn't started. So I'm not hundred percent sure how that works, but so his 10 days, I believe is up probably Wednesday. I would think. Yeah. Cause, cause it's the start of the season. Right. right? Yeah. I think it's too soon to bring him back personally. Just like, like I said last week, like obliques can be, they can get re-aggravated very easily, especially the way he swings the bat and he plays center field. So he'll, he's going to be diving for stuff and everything like that too. And I mean, they might toss him in as a DH. Kritchik has been playing center. He's been fine out there, right? Yeah, I think exactly what they, that, that's what they'll start to do. But at the same time, like you can strain your oblique hitting really easily as well. So I personally would 
like I said, I, I think he should sit another time because I don't want to have to deal with him on and off again on the IL. Yeah, I, I, I would be all right with him sitting out a little bit longer just so he can get fully recovered. Yeah, because we, we have the and, depth. And we, yeah, we do. Right now we have the depth because who knows what's going to happen in the future with other injuries, potential trades, whatever. So, yeah, it's a good time to keep him on the bench. We're not missing him yet because we don't know what we're getting. <laughs> I mean, we think we know what we're getting, but we don't 100% know. So it would be probably better for him to sit out a little longer. Yeah, it sucks for my fantasy team, but uh, I'll have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the same time, like this division is probably going to be really tight and every game matters. So I don't know. If he and the doctors are saying he's good to go, I don't know. If, if he's as good as we hope he's going to be, then you want to get him back in the lineup. Obviously, you don't want him re-aggravating the injury, but if he's uh, if he's good to go, I'd get him back in there. Did you guys see uh, Guerrero at first there, the first two games? He looked pretty good. There was uh, one stretch there that I probably would have made, but uh, he didn't. Uh, there, there, was, there was two. There was two that he, he didn't make that. First game one on was Thursday. Pretty, yeah, it was pretty, you know, it was like – it was, it was close. close. It was close. They could have gave it to him, but the second one, yeah, he was man, his stretch off. was way off the bat. It was a bad throw for sure. Like he yeah. really had to stretch for that, and I'm surprised that he was able to stretch that far and get down that far. So that and still have foot on bag too. Well, he yeah. he pulled off right at the end, but that was that was a really I was so impressed. Let's put it that way. That was you know maybe that's just I was only impressed because I am a first baseman or well or a pitcher, but first baseman. So. I know what you need to do to, to stay on that base. And he did a really good, he did a good job trying and he did a really good job stretching out to catch that ball. Um, and had he, had he sat back and waited for it to bounce, there's no chance they would have gotten out. So, so he had to go and get it and he just, his foot came off four inches. So, but yes, he's, uh, he's looking pretty good. So Jess, you were telling me a little stat uh, about uh, Jose Barrios and um I can't remember his first name, but his last name is as Corbin. Corbin, Corbin Burns, right. So what, what was what was that all about? I can't exactly remember what you're telling me. Okay, so the two pitchers were dueling at a no hitter until the sixth inning, and which is pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> and up until the sixth inning, out of 36 outs between the combined, there was 23 strikeouts. Wow. Yeah, there was a lot of. It was a like I'm not usually a huge pitcher duel fan. Like I like to see offense; it's more exciting and everything like that. But these guys were lighting it up, and it was it was just it was just a good pitcher duel. And these are two guys that Burns I think was is a little bit better, but that's just my my what I think. And they're both like going to be pretty good aces later on. For sure, they're both good pitchers. There's no question about that. So that's a pretty crazy stat though to have two pitchers in the same game going that long with a no-no. So uh, Yeah, they got I th- I think uh yeah, Burrows uh, and the Twins were up into the 8th and a 3rd of an inning with the no-hitter before. Wow. Before they got it. So it obviously like it's the beginning of the season and they're already pitching like that, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. And did what didn't uh, get broken up by a massive bomb by Byron Buxton? Yep. That that was a moonshot. That one, yeah. I I can't remember how far it went, but it was. For some reason, I want to say it was like 438 feet. It's just a random number that, for some reason, I remember uh, reading about. But I mean, if you guys want to challenge me, go ahead. That's I'm just pulling out of my ass, though. <laughs> yeah, that what a what a pretty crazy uh, stat and new new record, I guess, to hold. It's uh, it's always cool to hear these 
these different uh, different types of records and stats that come out and of course everything is is tracked nowadays so yeah they got weird stats but still it's it's uh it's just pretty interesting to see these guys duel it out and everything like that so yeah uh burros and and Burns became the first set of pitchers to have a dueling no-hitters intact beyond the sixth inning since Jake Peavy and, and uh, Jake DeGrom in 2014. So really, I mean, it's only been six, seven, seven years, I guess. But I think they got, I think they still... both got like, uh, I think it was just, they each got an out and that was it. And that's why that's beyond six innings. That's what they say beyond oh, six innings. I see. So it was a six and a third. Well, COVID has struck baseball. The Nats and the Mets series, the opening Opening series has been postponed due to COVID. Four uh, Nationals players have tested positive. So obviously for uh, safety's sake, they have pushed the games, you know, later on. Now the Nats and the Mets play a bunch this season. So it's not really a, a big issue. They'll be able to play a bunch of double headers to make these three games up. And it, it really shouldn't uh, cause too many issues schedule wise. So that's, uh, that's not a bad thing at all. Peter, I hear that the Canucks are having some COVID issues. Yeah, clearly baseball is not the only sport getting uh, affected still by COVID. The Canucks are in the midst of a serious breakout. Uh, the latest I've heard is that there's 16 players and three coaches uh, affected by this. We don't know how many actually have COVID, but we know that there are at least several who do, and we've heard that some are experiencing like some serious symptoms of it as well. And it's also been identified that this is, at least some of the cases are a new Brazil variant, which I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. And uh, yeah, it's not good for the Cox right now. They are in some serious, serious COVID trouble. So obviously all their games have been postponed. I think they'll probably be made up towards the end of the season or fit in where they can. It'll be interesting to see because they're likely not making the playoffs if they have some games, like if they have games scheduled against Ottawa and where both teams are definitely not making the playoffs, it'll be interesting to see if they play those games late in the year, like to finish up the season, or if they just call it based on points percentage, if they're mathematically eliminated and just avoid playing the games. I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see. I would think that they would probably – I probably not play them to be honest. If it's a, if it's a game that is absolutely meaningless and they are a hundred percent, both teams are a hundred percent out, then why bother? It's not like those points mean anything. I mean, I guess you could argue to those players that their stats, their stats. Yeah. But I mean, but if you've got your, you don't have anybody chasing a record on those teams because then they would, the teams <laughs> would be better. So, so I, I would think that they would probably just say, fuck it. And, but maybe not because maybe, I guess at this point it'll be a Canadian team. So they're not uh, allowing spectators yet. So the, there's not like a, an economic reason to, to play them. So other than maybe advertising yeah, that you're right, that Peter, that'll be an interesting decision that the NHL has to make on that. I would think they would want to have like complete se- uh, season kind of thing like that, more or less for just for the books. Yeah. You'd think so, but based on COVID who knows, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know how, um, how they get paid in the NHL, but I know in the NFL, like you get paid the games that you, you're supposed to play. So if you're healthy and ready to pay, play and they just take away that game, I don't know if you get paid kind of thing like that. Mm, fair enough. Uh, but at the same time, like, like in NFL, they would never do that. They would never take away a game kind of thing like that because they're just, 
there is just too too much money in the advertising but obviously in hockey it's not as big yeah it's also much easier to reschedule one game versus four games a week right for however Mm -hmm. many however long they're out so but you're probably right maybe they do want to have the full the full seasons and maybe you know and maybe it is for the you know potentially like you said the canucks and the senators they're going to lose out on ad revenue for sure so maybe they will make them finish them up it just will be kind of whenever, wherever, and even if it might be during, even if they have to extend it during what would be the playoffs, because they're not in it, but they could still play at that time. That's no no harm, no foul, right? So It'd be like more of a scrimmage then at that point, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a practice. It's a late-year yeah. practice. Yeah. It's like a friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a friendly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know I won't be watching if those games are rescheduled, but whatever. Um so I, what has come out of this uh, this issue, though, is they have reinstated discussions about potentially doing a playoff bubble. Now, they come out and said that it's not their preferred option. It's not what they want to do. And they're going to sort of wait and see what the, I guess, pandemic climate, you could call it, is like when the playoffs are happening. But I'm pretty sure they're going to start planning at least for if it's bad and they need to do a playoff bubble, they're going to start coming up with some plans on what that's going to look like. So that'll be interesting to see what they come up with there in terms of uh, in terms of another playoff bubble. I hope there's no playoff bubble, personally. It'd be nice to see. Uh, Why is that? It'd be nice to see the teams actually playing at home and having a proper playoff series. But you still have no fans. Well, no, they do have fans. In the U.S., they will. Yeah. So... You know, they, they're starting to fill up, not fill their, their stadiums, but they're starting to let people in, 20 25% of them. That's a whole lot more noise than there was before, right? It's a whole lot more momentum potential swing, right? Yeah. Imagine having 25% of the, you know, if the Raps were playing or the Leafs were playing in, in Toronto, imagine having 25%. It would sound like there was 19,000 fucking people there, Yeah. you know? So especially after having nobody for so long, any little bit of noise is going to be like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand the home field advantage and everything like that, but what happens when COVID hits, right. which it might, and 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 you start losing players like good players for and for games that matter, matter a lot really more matter. now or uh, in the playoffs than now. I so I definitely think they'll be vaccinated by then. I think I previously said they'd be vaccinated by like mid-April, which may or may not happen. Although I've heard the Jays are going to be getting vaccinated like next week. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, but by the time the NHL playoffs come around, and, and uh, I guess it's in May, it's only a month away. The other thing is too is like if you're opening up to capacity, like I know Canada doesn't, but like you got all those fans in there and everything like that, and you're gonna have COVID outbreaks. The ones that don't have the vaccine, is it's possible? Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I I think that it's probably best for them to do a bubble. I do agree. It's probably not the best. Uh, or not the preferred option, but for safety wise. And again, you still got to deal with where are the, where's the Canadian team going to play as a home uh, ice advantage? Like you're not, they can't come across, right. They're not going to wait a week. Everybody has a quarantine. What if they got a game here and then, or two games in Canada and then they got to go back to the U S. So in my mind, there is going to be some sort of bubble bubble because where is, is the Canadian team going to play? You know, I've said that for the last couple of weeks, you know, if that's, I, I still don't think that that's been even looked at. I mean, I'm sure it has, but th- 
the media isn't telling us uh, yeah. anymore, you know, or, or the, the, uh, the outlets that, that would, that would give us that information, you know? So do you think with, because of last year that it was done in Canada, they're definitely going to do this one in the States? Oh, yeah. Not necessarily, but I would think so. Just based on it, it's a, it's a much looser uh, regulations. You can have fans, so there's money, and there's you know. But a, a bubble's safe. So I mean, if, even if it is done in the states, you're all in a bubble like it was here in Canada. I mean, it's a safer outlet. You know, whether it's the only problem you're going to have if you have beef with the other guy or another teammate, or not teammate, but another <clears throat> player that you're all in the same fucking hotel. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's the only issue I think I got with that. Do you really think it goes off the ice though? Like, a oh fight? come on, come on! I mean, there's still chirping stuff going on. I'm not sure there's going to go into the fisticuffs, but uh-huh. I mean, you know, I'm not going to that lunchroom today because dickheads in there. You know, like, <laughs> come on! I don't know. It is a safer outlet. I think it's best if you do a bubble. Yeah, I really don't think they're going to though. I think, I think it probably cost them a lot more than they thought it would uh, last time, and I think that like they're already there. There's no bubbles now. What's the difference between the hockey they're playing now and playoff hockey? It's it's going to be much of the same. The only wrinkle is going to be where is the Canadian team going to play with the cross-border issue? And I don't think you solve that with a bubble. I think you solve that by either just picking a home for the Canadian team. Probably Detroit. Buffalo. Maybe. Who knows? Minnesota. No, I, I wouldn't go on Buffalo Ice, man. Look at the way they fucking play. Or maybe. Well, I'm just like it would just depend on who, who has to, who's going across the border and they would probably put that home rink near that city. Yeah. Right. So Toronto right. might get Buffalo or same with Montreal, you know, Winnipeg would likely get like, I don't know. Does Wisconsin have a fucking hockey team? <laughs> probably yeah. not, a, not a major, but Minnesota wild might be, like, I don't know. Right. Exactly. So, and yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe the Canadian team just goes and plays all their games in whoever their opponent is, maybe that is a little mini bubble, like the Canadian team versus whoever. That wouldn't be fair for unless if they don't have fans, then fine. Yeah. But if they have fans, then that's not a fair home ice advantage. Then. Yeah, that's a good point. Opinion. That's a good point. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I don't. If I was a betting man, I would I would not bet that there's going to be a a true bubble like you saw last year. I don't see it. So, the Leafs had a decent week. Uh, they started off by losing to the Oilers 3-2 in overtime, which was a lot of fun to start because you started with Matthews and Marner and McDavid and Dreisaitl all on the ice at the same time. And I think the overtime lasted like, it might have been like 30 seconds because the Leafs got a chance, they missed, and then the Oilers came down and they scored. <laughs> on Hutchinson, right? Yeah, Hutch, Hutch, was, Hutch was playing that game, yeah. Know that because they lost. Because we'll get to this in a second. But Jack Gamble hasn't lost yet this year, as as uh, when he's playing for the Leafs, it's on fire. So they played Wednesday against the Jets. They beat them three one in regulation, and then they beat them again on Friday night uh, in a shootout two to one. The only shootout goal was scored by uh, old man Jason Svetsa in the what looked like a slow motion shootout if you saw it that's what i was saying i was like that was like the slowest d i don't know if that was a chirp on him or because like he just like was just like oh i'll just take it over here and just tap her in whatever works man he's a wily old veteran he just knows how to put the puck in the net that's all that matters there's there's no point i liked it there's no point it was classy it was classy i liked it i liked it (laughs) It still made me laugh, though. (laughs) 
And that's the only goal in that whole shootout. So, yeah, so they had a decent week. They're uh, two and one on the week, but the one loss was in overtime. So they got, I guess that's five of six points and built up their lead a little bit again in first place where they were like, I think they got down to as close as one point up on, I think, Winnipeg, but they uh, extended that lead a bit again. So that's good. Still in first. So I want to ask you boys, though, Jack Campbell, he is 8-0 on the season. He's got a 951 save percentage on the year and a 135 goals against average. Those are elite numbers. Now, he's only played eight games, so it's still a small sample size. But in those eight games, he has been next level and the goalie that we've been dying for. So Freddie has been out hurt, and I'm not exactly sure when he's going to come back. I think he's not on this current road trip. He's still getting healthy. But when he is back healthy, is he the starter? Or is Jack Campbell, has Jack Campbell taken his job? I think you just, when Freddie's back and healthy, you got to give him at least a shot. Give him at least a game or two to see where he's at. If not, then yeah, man, you got to ride the hottest goalie. You got to play the goalie that's, that's, that's winning. And if it's Campbell, giddy on soup, let's go. It's definitely Campbell right now. He is the hot, the hot glove, I guess you'd call it. So there's no timetable with Freddie? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I think probably when they get back from this current road trip, they'll, uh, he might get How into many games again. I think it's like three or something. So there's probably still, he's going to play two of those games probably, right? Campbell, yeah. Yeah. So use that still to judge it and everything like that, but I think you got to give Freddie a shot to win his it back. Sure. But, like, he's definitely going to be on a short leash. Yep. I agree with you, Jess, for sure. I think you leave Campbell in. Uh, he's lit it up. Freddie has not. And, of course, with an injury, uh, I don't think you uh, – I don't think you hand it back to Freddie right away until Jack stumbles a bit. If he has a bad game, like a really bad game or two, then, then for sure you're going to give that opportunity to Freddie. But – I mean, obviously, he's not going to go unbeaten the rest of the way. There's no chance if he were to play every game. But if he play, if he is even 80% as good as he has been, that's going to put a lot of Ws on the board. So I think it's tough to just pull him out just because said guy is a, is the starter. But, you know, like you say, Freddie has been there. He maybe deserves that opportunity. But I don't think they're – I don't think they should give him the, that opportunity until Campbell stumbles. Yeah. Yeah. So I think – because they've both been battling injury this year, I don't think Campbell's fully healthy right now either. Even saw it in one of the games, uh, I think on Friday, he made a big save, uh, stretching out to the left, and then he got up a bit slow. So I think I think they're both battling injury a little bit. But I think when they're so I think when Freddie's back and able to play, they're probably going to split the game, sort of a one one a situation, just to keep them as healthy as they can. Because even if they lose a few games that they could have won. At this point, it doesn't matter that much. They're going to make the playoffs, and that's when you want them to both be healthy. That's fair. A little load management never hurt anyone. Yeah, exactly. Now, I would still like to throw a little hot take out here before we carry on here, though, in regards to uh, in regards to these ten points that uh, <laughs> you know, you know, Josh seems to think that it's going to happen. I, I honestly will say that a ten point game will not happen in my lifetime. I say that. Toronto Maple Leafs will win a cup before a 10-point or 11-point oh, yeah, game. That could be this year. <laughs> they could both be this year, man. Yeah, you never know. Could be. You never know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, 
I mean, I hear what you're saying, Kev. It's a, it is a tough thing to do, but in th- the last three weeks, we've had somebody score at least five in a game, five points. It's in my mind, it's yeah. just, Barzell. it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before it happens. And again, not my lifetime, no, bud. I mean, I'd like, I, I don't want to see my best player lose his, you know. Title. Yeah, I don't know, Kev. There's still a lot of your life left, even though we chirp you a lot for being old. You got yeah, a long sure. life left to go. And like Josh is saying, like Zabinajad got, yeah. I think, six points twice in the past couple of weeks, and Barzell got five. If somebody, if a McDavid just goes off one night, he could get to 10. Not too tough. And more and more, you're seeing you're seeing games that are, you know, nine, three, like there's lots of goals being scored. So it's, you know, it's not like these games are two, one, three, two anymore. You know, there, there's a lot of no. goals being scored now. Yeah. Okay. So last piece I want to get to before we move off the NHL on Friday night on the panel, they were talking about whether or not Zach Hyman is going to make Canada's Olympic team next year. And Jeff O'Neill, I like Jeff O'Neill. But he said it's 100% certain that Zach Hyman is going to make the Canadian Olympic team. I love Zach Hyman. I'm a Leafs homer, as you all know. But unless they're strategically picking this team to have some, uh, like some, some grinders, some workers on there, I don't see any way that Zach is making this team. Like, just looking at the list of players that projected rosters for the Olympic team, like you'd have to take guys like a John Tavares or a Mark Shifley or a Matt Barzell, Steven Stamkos, Mark Stone out of the lineup to get Hyman in. And there's just no way that makes any sense to take a player of that caliber out for Zach Hyman. And I love Zach Hyman. He is an engine on any line he's on, but I, I don't see it. What do you guys think about Zach Hyman? Do you put him up as a, maybe as a, I don't know, taxi squad because, you know, if anybody doesn't want to go play, I mean, he can re- take over a Marchant. You know, I'm just – and it isn't Luongo the GM for this uh, team? I don't know. <laughs> challenge. I don't know. I'm going to say it's Iserman. <laughs> but I'm challenging <laughs> just to get one in there. <laughs> I actually don't think it's Iserman either, but <laughs> – I, I just – if it is Luongo, I can see him just sit there and go in with grit. I mean, you want gritty players to, to win these So are games. you saying that he's going he's gonna to make the team then? I say he's going to be a taxi squad. And like I said, in case of, like I say, a Brad Marchant says, no, I don't want to play this year because whatever reasons, then you go, okay, Zach, you're in. Uh, Doug Armstrong is named the GM of the 2022 Canadian Olympic team. Fuck. Doug Armstrong. You both lose both, a point. Both, both minus. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. So Kevin thinks that you're, he's going to kind of maybe sort of make the team I, if somebody else doesn't want to play. I don't I don't think so, man. There's a lot of good Canadian players. Yeah, after you 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 know list just a handful of guys there that you got to cut to have him on the team. I think it's a stretch. And even even if you are going to have some grinders out there, uh, my gut feeling tells me there's a few other grinders that are a little better than him that have a Canadian uh, flag on their back. So yeah, yeah, I'm not taking those goal scorers off. No way. Exactly. Exactly. No way. And I mean, a guy like John Tavares, at least he'll play defense. Like yeah, exactly. he might not be a superstar, but so he's still going to be, he's going to be back. You know, not that Hyman does it. I'm just saying he's not one of those first line scorers who is, you know, at least on that team, who is, who's only going to score goals. So, I mean, he's not much of a first line scorer on our team either, but. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's team Canada. You want four first lines that can play defense. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So 
by popular demand, you might say, as uh, a result of the contest we had for suggestions on how to improve our show, we are adding a new segment called the MVP. So every week we are going to collectively, the four of us, select a team or individual or group that we think is deserving of being this week's MVP. And so the first MVP Drum roll. of points and penalties is the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah. The Buffalo Sabres, you might say. Why would they be an MVP? They are the last place team in the league. Well, the Buffalo Sabres this week managed to win their very first game in a stretch of 19 games against the Philadelphia Flyers. And so we just, we couldn't not make the Sabres our MVP this week for being able to win a game in the NHL. For them, that's a big step. Not just one game. They've won two out of their last three. These guys are on fire. There you go. They're (laughs) killing it out there. Maybe this will save some jobs over in Buffalo. Who knows? I doubt it. Yeah, they're they're still cutting everybody. No, I doubt it. Getting rid of people. Well, there's our there's our first MVP segment, short and sweet. Just tell you who it is and uh, and why and and our little couple little jokes for you. So talking about it on a team that hasn't uh, won very often in the last the last little while, we've got the Toronto Raptors. They haven't done a whole lot of winning. Lost 13 of their last 14 games going into Friday night. And Friday night, they had a hell of a game. They smashed the Golden State Warriors by 53 points on Friday night. At one point, they were winning by 61, which I've never seen before. That's crazy. Yeah, I was looking at the score. I think it was uh, – they were doubled. The Raptors were doubled their score. Uh, they were at 55, the Warriors, and the Raptors were at 110. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Now that's nuts. Golden State, yeah, that, yeah, Golden State didn't have Curry or uh, or Draymond Green in, but the Raps didn't have Lowry. So, in my opinion, that's pretty much not quite a wash, but but whatever. Yeah, and the Raps have been garbage lately too. So, and they've been garbage lately, exactly. Yeah, at the time it was they've only won one game in the past fourteen games before that, like just terrible. So they did get that win. It was uh, 130 to 77 when it ended up being the final. In that game, there was a few records broken or, or tied. So Golden State is now the fourth team in the last 25 years to trail by at least 60 points in a game. The 53-point win margin from the Raptors tied for the third largest in NBA history by a team that is 10 or more games below 500 which is, I thought was a pretty cool little stat there. You, you suck so much, but you dominated one opponent. Yeah. A few more here. So the margin of victory was 53, so that's a Raptor record. The Raptors scored the most points in any third quarter in Raptor history of 46 in the third. Uh, they had the best point differential in any quarter, which was a plus 32, and that, again, was in the third quarter. And their bl- best plus minus in a game went to Gary Trent Jr., a newbie, and he had a plus 54 on Friday night. So it was really nice to see, you know, they lost their two previous games against Detroit and OKC. And as you said, Jess lost a bunch before that. Really nice to see that these guys, you know, can still tear it up. Uh, you'd think that Golden State would play a little harder considering that they got beat by the Raps two years ago. You'd think there would still be that, that little bit of an edge there. They'd want to fight a little harder. Now, mind you, Draymond and Steph were out, so those are two big, two big fixtures in in that series. But, uh, but anyway, it was good to see. Like I said, the Raps haven't been doing great. They're still in eleventh place, 
it's possible to make that that playoff extra games there in the playoff this year, but it's definitely not looking good to go much further than maybe that first game or first round, in my opinion. So with Green being out, was he like an injury or was he off to see his doctor on his anger management? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I think it was an yeah, injury. Yeah, he I said mean, it was his uh, left finger sprain. He couldn't. He, but, he was supposed to play, and then he said he couldn't catch the ball with his uh, his left hand. Is what is what he was saying. So they took him out, but it's still funny. He could have gone see his doctor too, though. Right? You never know. It could yeah. have just been an excuse. Well. That was pretty embarrassing to be on that team. And then you bitch out at the last second. Yeah, for sure. So talking about uh, some injuries, we've got some guys that are have returned or are going to be returning. Joel Embiid, uh, he was leading the MVP race uh, at the halfway point and then decided he was going to get injured. So he returns to, uh, to action. Uh, he returned last night, Saturday, after a 10-game absence, 24 points, eight boards, two assists, and three blocks in his return. He looked like he had some rust on him. I saw some highlights and whatnot, and he was uh, he was really fucking rough with uh, with Carl Anthony Towns. They were going at it. The two that was of them. awesome. Um, it was it was that great, was pretty sick. But they, it was a lot rougher than I thought it you know may have been. You figured that the refs would maybe pull out their whistles a little more, but they kind of let them play. And there was Cat made a big fucking slam on Embiid, which was you know was pretty good. And it was uh, it was a pretty good game uh, overall. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a fairly easy win, I guess, if you want to say for the Sixers overall, that competition between Embiid and Cat was uh, was pretty intense. I like his little takedown, kind of takedown, but, you know, he kind of helped him up at the same time too, though. It looked like yeah. 90s basketball, man. Like, they were just – it was awesome to see. And I, and I liked how the refs called it and everything like that. And for a guy that uh, just came off injury, he's being that physical with everyone, like – he, it's how sure. he plays he the game. He was definitely happy to be back. Yeah, and 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 that's the reason why I think he's gonna be the MVP. He's exciting to watch that, and just like he's one of the, he's close to be like how he's playing a Shaq kind of thing like that. The way he plays, except that he's better. Yo, better, better at shooting <laughs> he, for sure. He can shoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, he's uh, speaking of speaking of Shaq. Did you hear he got a new boat? No. Oh, so he bought a new boat. He called it free throw because he'll never sink it. <laughs> hi Hey. And that came from his kids, actually. That, that joke came right from his kids. That's awesome. That hilarious. So the 76ers without Embiid went seven and three, so not horrible. Uh, you know, they're a really good team anyway. So of course they're not gonna be completely brutal without them. And they're uh, they're now back in first place, tied with the Nets uh, in the East with six weeks to go. So uh, it should be a pretty good battle between those two saying are going down the stretch as long as everybody can stay healthy. Speaking of being healthy in the Nets, KD uh, has a high probability of returning this week, possibly as early as Monday. That, that, that's going to help them. I mean, it's going to give them some fire. I mean, not that they really need it. I mean, they had their three big sit and they – Kind of still won that game too. Well, James Harden is uh, sat out last game and he's going to sit out tonight uh, with some hamstring tightness. So this is pretty good timing. KD can come back here and they really won't lose a beat. Um, it's going to be interesting when, with that whole team healthy and who's going to get the ball and how much playing time each guy's going to get because there's a lot of guys that want the ball and a lot of guys that want the, the playing time. So once everybody's healthy, it'll be really interesting to see uh, 
see how they they play it. Steve Nash has got uh, he's got a lot of good players on his hands that he's got to mix in there. So I'm gonna call them to win the uh, championship this year, Brooklyn. The fucking Nets, eh? Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll have to write that down. Put it on the board. So you were just complaining about the, how LA was like a superstar team, and you picked the Jays to win the World Series. So then you go to the superstar team <laughs> in the NBA. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just trying to follow. Up, but. I'm all over the place, Jesse. Come I know. On. <laughs> I know. Just goes with his gut. No fucking, uh, no system yeah. to it. No system. Yeah. It's good. No rhyme, no reason. <laughs> that's good. Right. That's, that's the way we like it anyway. Just go with what feels right. So sticking with basketball, we're going to move to the NCAA, March Madness. We have gone through the Elite Eight. We've gone through the Final Four, and we're now down to the Final Two. Championship games are set. Women's is today, and the men's final is tomorrow. Uh, The women's final, we've got Stanford, the number two team, versus the number 11, Arizona. Uh, not sure if you guys have watched any of the women's I've actually, it's been on TV more than I've ever seen it on TV. So I've been watching it and I was, I was cheering for UConn versus Arizona and Arizona played really well. I can't remember her first name, but her last name is McDonald and she lit it up. She was phenomenal. She put up 26 points and she was just great. She had a little swagger to her a few times and she, she put buckets in arms crossed and like, she was, uh, she's tiny, you know, man. She, she looks like she she's is. four foot something. Yeah, but uh, she does. She does look real small, but she played lights out and it should be interesting. I watched the the Stanford game as well, uh, the semi, and it was good that there's uh, there's a handful of really good players on that team. The one uh, woman, I think she's their center. Uh, I want to say her last name was Reese. And she, it's so weird because she's the only person that I've seen jump on free throws, which is, is wild. Huh. I've never seen anybody jump on a free throw before and she does. Wow. So yeah, it, it was it was it was interesting to see because the first time I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, never seen it before. Now, yeah. if she crossed the line on that jump, does that still count as a? Well, she's starting behind it. it does- oh yeah, she has to stay behind it on the land too. I looked it up because I was I couldn't believe it. So she- I thought you couldn't. I didn't think you could jump. Right. Yeah. Well, you can. Okay. Oh, okay. So you, they- you can. You have to start behind the line and finish behind the line, and then you're fine. Cool. But people don't do it because a you don't necessarily need to, and b because you have that that opportunity to go over the line and then you lose your free throw. Now, whether you get the next one, I don't know. Like, I don't, if you, you know, shoot two, I don't know if you fuck up on your first one. If you get the second one in in college ball, it's one plus one until you get to the bonus. So obviously that first Mm -hmm. one, you wouldn't get the plus one if you fucked it up. Right. Yeah. So it's crazy that she jumps. It's wild. It just must be like a rhythm thing. Yeah. Must be. Must be. I saw another guy in the men's tournament and he, or maybe it wasn't in the men's tournament. It might've been just a a YouTube video or something. And and this guy, like, he did like a whole round the back through his legs, you know, bounce, bounce, and then took a <laughs> shot every time before his free throw. I'm like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Just take the shot. Man. That's how he did it at his, uh, at his, uh, at his hoop in exactly. his yard. So that's how he knows how yep. to do it. I would exactly. love to remember the, the, in the NBA where the, I can't remember his name, but did a granny shots. Oh yes. I, I don't know who you're talking yeah. about. Like, I, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. So anyway, so then uh, in the men's side, we got two number ones going against each other, Gonzaga and Baylor. Baylor's game in the semis against Houston was a blowout, uh, wasn't very good. There was, I watched the highlight pack and there was one Houston highlight. (laughs) So so that tells you, that tells you how good uh, they played. You know, obviously, you know, we don't want to run them down, but you know, they played a good tournament, but Baylor just outclassed them. 
Uh, in the other game, UCLA Gonzaga, that game was absolutely phenomenal. Best game ever. Yeah, like back and forth the whole game, up and down. I don't know how many lead changes there were, but there had to have been a ton yeah. of them. Uh, it was one of those edge of your seat kind of games, man. You're sitting on the was. edge of your sofa and he's like, oh my, anybody, any, any one of these guys can win this. Yeah, right, right to the final. I told my girlfriend, I'm like, watch this ending. I'm like, this is going to be nuts. And that was before the overtime had started. So then they, they nail, I believe they nailed the three to tie it. And then it goes to, goes to overtime and then back and forth, back and forth. I figured after uh, Juan made the, the play, he went up at the very last second there off the, the front of the rim, gets his own rebound, oh, puts yeah. it back. I thought, okay, that's, that's that, that was tied. Yeah, it, was it was tied, tied. at that point. So I'd be like, we're going to go see another overtime. And then Buddy launches it up off the backboard and in. And It was just across the halfway, uh, half court. Yeah. yeah. And he just let but it did fly. He, did he call bank, though? I would love to hear that if he did. <laughs> doesn't matter at that point. <laughs> yeah, it definitely doesn't matter. Well, he, he jumped on the bench, uh, on the, the reporter's bench. Like, the, oh, the, the table, yeah. Table, yeah. 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 He said he's always wanted to do that, too. <laughs> that, you know, so and what an opportunity. Right. So. Yeah. Keeps that undefeated season alive. And yep. uh, I also heard that it was the first time uh, Gonzaga was trailing in the second half. This oh, really? tournament, in this tournament. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. And they had a fairly decent lead too at one point in the second half, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. That, that was and they just kept coming yeah. back. It was a wild game, and and then one of uh, UCLA's better players, uh, I believe his last name is Bernard. He was in foul trouble real early. He had three fouls going into half, and then right away coming out of the out of halftime, he got another one. So he had to sit for pretty much the whole second half uh, until like the last three minutes they put him back in. So you know, being down, kind of one of their top end guys it makes it a little bit tougher but they ucla did great they played well and we're just a 50 foot shot away from at least going to double overtime yeah and the thing was too uh right before went to overtime ucla was driving and they they got that charge right there before um like right at the buzzer and then obviously yeah. gonzaga just threw it up at the end there but it was uh it was quite the call I thought, and I, I'm actually really happy that they called the charge to see uh, that overtime. Then it was the guy who had the hammer stash, the, um, the hammer stash, handlebars. Yeah, 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 yeah that his guy, name was Timmy. Yeah, he was yeah. shocked that you know he was also happy that you know he got that charge because he was planted. Oh yeah, he no. was planted. Yeah, yeah. just the way he was. Yeah, like, it, was it was a good call, but I just, I just happy that like we got to see more of it because they didn't want it to end on a fucking foul shot no, foul shot oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah, that would have been brutal so going into our uh or just about to go into our bracket challenge update jesse peter and myself we all still have gonzaga alive kevin is done has no more points to to gain so i'm not gonna ask peter or jesse who they're gonna pick because i know but kev since you're out i'm gonna give you an opportunity just to pick one this isn't for points or anything but who do you think is gonna win gonzaga or baylor baylor and for the ladies kev arizona Arizona and gents for the, uh, for the women. Who do you think? I'm going to go Stanford on the women's. I haven't watched any of the women's to tell you the truth. So go with your gut, Jess, go with your go gut. With my gut. Well, I'll go with Stanford because they're California. Is there a favorite? Cause Jess, favorite? Jesse always picks the favorites. Of course. <laughs> but that's, Kev, why, that's yeah. why, that's why I won the bracket, bud. You know, whatever. Yeah. Friend. yeah, yeah. And just pick the easy <laughs> choice. That's fine. <laughs> Kev, I'm going to go as far as to guarantee you that Gonzaga is going to be Baylor. 
Like they wow. they have been dominant this whole year. No, I, I, it's not like I don't want them to win it. I mean, I just I don't because they're they're going to tie that 1976 series. I mean, they don't because all three of us will get three points. <laughs> I don't give a yeah. crap about friggin' points now. I'm already out. But what? I just that don't want. Them, I just don't want them to do it. I don't want them to do it. They they haven't lost all year. I was a little worried that they were going to sort of go in a bit too relaxed because they've been so good. But this game yesterday just shows me that they can play through adversity and they can win in a close game. And I don't know. They, they look that's, like champs That's, that's what's going to do it for them, though. They're, they're going to go in all the too hyped, I think, you watch. Nah, Monday. I think Baylor's going to Baylor. go in uh, yeah, after just dummying the team in, in their semi. I don't think so. Gonzaga all day. All right, so I'm taking Gonzaga, obviously, because they're on my my bracket, and then I'm going to take Arizona. I really like the way McDonald play, uh, played the other night there, and so there I'm picking them to win. There you go. We're split on the women. We're split, yeah. So to update our bracket challenge, uh, we're going to congratulate Jesse. No matter what happens in the final, Jesse is going to win with 36 or 37 points. Uh, so he is going to get plus three points of penalties points, which we will update later. Peter, although you thought you were going to lose, you ended up finishing second with 33 points with a possible one more. Uh, so you'll get one or sorry, you'll get two points of penalties points. I finished third with 30 points. I ended up leap, leapfrogging Kevin. I needed Gonzaga and Michigan, Michigan lost, but then Gonzaga won twice. So it still works out for me. So I got 30 points, potentially to get 31. I'll finish third and get one points of penalties point. And Kev, sorry about your luck. Uh, you started off strong but finish off with 29 points and you unfortunately will get a big fat zero. The I'm, your but I'm still not in the penalties. basement though. You need, no, you're not. you need to crawl out and you know, for me, I will, the one point I just got in the bracket was, yeah. was negated from that <laughs> stupid <laughs> challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and so then again, we Jesse, Peter and myself all have a chance to get three extra points to win the bad, but it's not going to make a difference. Everybody's, we're good. <laughs> it's all the same thing. Except for Cavs. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Cavs, yeah. And that's, uh, that's it for NCAA. That's it for basketball. And the last big sport we got is the NFL. Yeah, and in the NFL, there's. I just want to talk about this uh, Tom Brady rule. And no, it's not the tuck rule. Uh, so last year, the Rams are played the Bucks. And what happened was, was Tom Brady was able to complete a pass by throwing it twice forward uh, on a third and 10. And it being a fourth and two, the Bucks punted because the Rams declined the penalty, which was a 10-yard penalty, but they would still get to repeat the third down. Challenge. It was a five-yard penalty. Boom. Bang. Shit. <laughs> 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 don't give up any more points there jess man you, you just got three not anymore, not not anymore. <laughs> thought it was 10 for some reason i guess i don't know that rule very well uh anyway so what they're saying is it's going to be like when you run across the scrimmage line and throw the pass it's going to be a loss of downs now is what they're proposing now i think this is good and i can't believe this wasn't in there to begin with because uh oh yeah it would have been a five-yard penalty why did i say that <laughs> so uh, what i'm what i was curious about was like why this wasn't there because i remember 
when this happened, I was freaking out at the TV. I was like, and hoping that the Bucks weren't going to go for it on fourth, fourth down there. And they didn't, thank God. But it was, just, I was just like, this is a dumb rule. So I'm glad they're trying to change it this year. Yeah. I don't know if the rest of you guys think it's a good rule or not, but I would assume so since it sounds ridiculous that, and obviously only Tom Brady would be able, the only one in the NFL history to get two forward passes and a completion. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you, Jesse, the, the rule makes sense that it matched. Like you said, when you cross the line of scrimmage and you make a forward pass, it's, I think it's a five yard penalty as well, but you lose the down. And I think that's the key difference. And I think that's, that makes complete sense for that to be this as well. Cause then you exactly, like you said, the situation where he was able to throw the ball forward twice and the Rams had the choice to decline the penalty or to accept the penalty. And if they accepted the penalty, they give him another chance, just third and 15 instead of third and 10. Uh, so I think this rule makes complete sense. I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, it, it's uh, you know, there is a potential there for the Rams to, or sorry, the, the Bucks to take advantage and go for it at a fourth and two on that particular place. So, you know, getting rid of that, uh, getting rid of that down as well as the penalty eliminates that. And then you know, they're basically forced to punt. And basically what it's going to do then is, I mean, you can't throw it twice forward anyway. So Billy just should have grabbed it and ran as really all what he could have done. Or, well, I guess if you throw it in complete purposely, it's still going to be a penalty. So that's not going to do you any good. I either. just think he didn't, I don't think he wanted so it makes to sense. That was the reason yeah. why he just threw it right away again, kind of thing like that. Like, I don't think he knew knew of that well, rule. And you never know, right? Maybe maybe the refs, maybe it was like, ah, oh, the refs don't know about this. I'll throw it again. <laughs> I'm Tom nobody saw Brady. That. I'll get no, away with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad they're changing it because I, I don't want to see that nonsense again. Is it actually going to be changed? It's or just, it proposed just proposed right now, but I don't see a meeting. reasoning, like a logical reasoning to deny it. I agree. I heard there's a bunch of rules that are that are being proposed. Like we, we talked about one a few weeks ago uh, from the Ravens. They're proposing a different overtime and whatnot. But I've, I heard that there's a handful of, of new proposed rules that the teams are going to put forward. Yeah, they, they, they do it a lot every year, kind of thing like that. They try a bunch of stuff. But they usually try in preseason some of it before they put it in NFL, other than the challenging. Are they going to have a preseason this year, do you think? Or are they just going to go on like they did last year? That's a good point. Uh, I don't. Three game preseason. It is going to be three games. They said three games because they're exp- uh, extending the regular season to seventeen games, so they're going to do a three game preseason. Now, obviously, COVID can change that, but as of right now, from what I've seen, uh, it'll be a three game preseason. I-, I think you guys just preseason should have stopped with that. Just go straight in. It was fine last year. Yeah, the guys were still had a little bit of rust, you know, because you don't get any of that game, real game experience. So. With your preseasons, though, was it usually like two, three? Or was it like four? Like how many preseason four. games did you guys get? Four? It's four. but And so you're just really missing one game. So what's, you know, whatever. Like for the most part in the last couple of years, a lot of starters haven't really been playing a whole lot because they don't want them to get hurt. But there is something to say that's called football shape. Mm-hmm. And that's by getting into a game and getting hit and everything like that. Because yeah. if you come off cold, right. like it was this year, there was a few like – a lot of soft, soft, soft tissue injuries. Right. So personally, I hate preseason and I think it should only be really used for to figure out who you want on your bench, like your second stringer, or if you've got a competition at the starting position. And I think like two maybe, but you still need to get 
there in that football shape and get hit, I think. Isn't that where you have your practice squad, though? Yeah, but you don't hit like you hit in a game, man. Like, yeah, you do, you don't want to – because if a practice squad player hurts someone in practice, like because oh, they're going fuck. full tilt – Then he steps in. Be no, fucking man. fired. Well, and then – so then why wouldn't – then then all the practice guys would want to do that. Like, fucking right, I'm going to knock Zeke out so that, you know, my boy can, can play, you know, or whatever. Like, no, man. It's like half speed that they do all the time. Yeah, exactly. Because you're learning. You're trying to learn the plays and stuff too, right? So that, doing it at full thing. speed is not – it's not going to help anybody. So, Jesse, why do you hate the preseason, though? It's just – I don't like it because it's too long. That's my reasoning behind it. That's why I say, like, they're doing it down to three, which is good. I Like I said, I, I would suggest two. I can watch a bit of it, but it's just like I'm not watching the starters play. Like, these guys are fighting for jobs and stuff like that. And, like, yeah, you can see a couple things and everything like that, but it's just not real football. Yeah, but then like, so just don't watch it. Like, what is – I guess, what's the harm in having the preseason? Like, would you want to see a longer regular season? A lot of injuries happen the preseason, too. Mm. So, and that's the thing. That's why people aren't playing starters, a lot of starters, or they do, like, a couple snaps here and there, kind of thing like that. Yeah. So, if you get pay for this high free agent guy, and he gets hurt in preseason, like an ACL tear, he's uh, he's gone by this yeah. practice squad guy from the other team when they play in the preseason. So they're not increasing the overall games. Are you in favor of the 17th game, regular season game? Like I'm a huge fan of football and watching more games is always better for me. But what I have an issue with is uh, all the stats now from now on are going to be so skewed. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the one thing that really pisses me off is. So getting 2000 yards as a, as a running back won't be nearly as impressive as it was last year and previous years. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's just going to screw up the whole stats for a lot of people too. Cause like, look how long Tom Brady has played and everything like that, but it was all in a 16 season. Obviously he's going to get this year, mm-hmm. 16 game season. Sorry. If you're going to increase it, it's going to skew a lot of stats and it's just, the passing is just going to continue to be more. So all these young quarterbacks, like they still have to stick around and everything like that. And the, the wide receiver talent now is crazy good. So there's just going to be more passing no matter what. And these stats just get, a little bit more skewed with an extra game like that's my issue with it so you're excited about seeing the extra game but not excited about the potential that these hall of famers aren't going to be you know theoretically as good as somebody 20 years from now who could have way way more stats based on 20 years of one extra game like they're basically going to play 20 extra games or yeah 20 extra games than than say tom if they play the same amount of years yeah and you're going to probably think that there's going to be like, it'll take a, a while, but like, I know I'm going into this year, like it's an asterisk because you're going to see a lot of records probably broken at the end of the year because of that. So then do records maybe then turn to a per game standpoint? Cause then you can take averages, right? But that's where like, you're going to put the, the asterisks, right? Like, Oh, he did it, but it was in a 17 game season. Yeah. Yeah. But the game changes so much anyway. Like, is it really even fair to compare like passing stats from someone in the eighties to somebody now, in my opinion, it was harder to be a quarterback in the eighties. Maybe those guys were not as uh, like, maybe they were close to as good as the guys we were seeing now. But that would, that's what makes uh, Dan Marino so good. Why everyone thinks he's so good is because he was doing these passing stats way back when. Right. 
and it didn't really start happening until Peyton showed up. Yeah. Like, is it, are we just in living in an era with a lot of great quarterbacks or are we, has yes. the game changed to make it a little bit easier? Uh, yes. And yes, it could be, could be a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that there, there's a lot more quarterback talent now than there was then, but the people that stood out, uh, you got Joe Montana and the Montana and uh, Dan Marino and Joe Montana. <laughs> so, so like those guys stand out and like, I get that they probably won't ever like leave their status of being one, some of the greatest players, especially for their time. But I think the talent now is just, is a lot better than what it was there way back when. What about everyone else? Does everyone else agree or are happy about the 17th game? I don't mind it. Like you said, Jess, it's one more game you get to watch. And, yeah, the stats are going to be skewed, but that doesn't bother me too much. So, you know, it's good that, that they're not going to have to play an extra game. It's still the same amount of games, just one more that's more meaningful. And to some teams, that game isn't going to be any more meaningful because it's at the end of the year, uh, theoretically. And – you know, that one might not matter whether you're in or out of the playoffs and it could really help some guys to make that extra last playoff spot as a wild card or what have you. So um, I don't mind it. I, I agree with you, Joe, Jess. I mean, one extra game I love, I mean, I love to watch the football. So one extra game to me is just going to be that much better to watch for sure. I just like, I, that, like it. Uh, I just like that you're going to have team, less teams with a, with a even record with an eight and eight record that are mm-hmm. just nowhere. I like that you're going to have a lot more teams with either a winning record or a losing record. See, I'd, I'd prefer a 500 record to someone. Uh, nobody Because you're going to probably see. 500 team. Pardon? So nobody likes a 500 team. It's like kissing your sister. Why? <laughs> well, that's a tie. They're not winners. They're not losers. They're just fucking there. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a tie. Man. That's different. Like, there's uh, eight and eight. Like, you're just you're the Cinderella, right? Like, and there's a lot of reasons, especially in football, because there's so many injuries. Also another reason that's bad for having another game is there might be more injuries now that you're adding another game in there and the wear and tear is longer. Right. But yeah. I, you know, like I said, with the 50 or 500, there's injuries that happen. So they could have like a run at the end where they're just ripping it up. Like your Titans two years ago, I got I think just barely got into the playoffs with like a nine and seven. Like it's not five hundred, but look how how well they did going into the playoffs. They knocked off Baltimore with the MVP Lamar Jackson, and then who they who they knocked off someone other big person. Oh, it was, it was the Patriots with Tom Brady, and then uh, they lost against the Chiefs, and then that was when they made the change to Tannehill. Yeah. I just I I, per, I get what you're saying that you do, you'd rather have if you're a loser or if you're a winner, but I'd rather not have a loser in the fucking playoffs. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Sometimes it doesn't matter though, right? Like, look at the NFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just saying, you got to change that division. The NFC least. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the only thing really else that's happening in the NFL is uh, Jimmy G. 49ers are asking for a first round pick for him. He is there till. 2022 so i don't know it's a stretch yeah especially since i gave up a second for him and he's injury prone yeah that's why you don't you know, he's not gonna get a first for it because he's hey, maybe if they prone. package somebody else in then you you know they might be able to swing get, to get that first but i don't think they're gonna get it and how many teams are actually interested at this point not that jimmy g is not 
a guy that you don't necessarily want on your team, maybe not because of that uh, injury proneness, but he's a fairly decent quarterback if he can stay healthy. But who's who's looking for one? Who's looking for a quarterback right now? Put him back on New England. That's the only place that I've seen. Yeah, same. And everybody else that needs a quarterback is high in the draft and are likely picking somebody in the draft. So, I mean, same with the Niners, right? They just they just traded to to likely pick up a quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see what they do if they don't end up trading him. Who's you know you've got to assume that he starts and whoever they draft will be behind him. But for how long? Well, I think they they're doing this. They're putting such a high price tag on it because he's so injury prone, right? So they want to keep him and have. Uh, whoever they get behind him, learn a little bit. But once he gets injured, then the, the rookie's in, right? Because he's only had one healthy season, and that was a Super Bowl run with the 49ers. But it, it, I, I think that's the reason why they put such a high price on it. And maybe they only want real people kind of thing like that, like that actually want to – or like more teams to get Garoppolo. Like, no low ballers. It's a lot to give up. Yeah, no low ballers. <laughs> like yeah. it's fucking good <laughs> <laughs> first round pick firm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways kev what else is happening well thursday april 8th uh masters which is the i first major i believe that's going on in the, the pga dustin johnson's your defending champion of the green jacket of last year if let's say he wins which he's given an eight to one odds to do so from william hill sportsbook he would be the third person to actually do it. Or sorry, the fourth person to actually do it. There's been three others that have. One you challenged uh, last week with Tiger Woods. Jack Nicholas is also another one. Nick Faldo was the third to do that. So he would be the fourth if he won it. I like the I like Bryson. I think Bryson's gonna win this one this year. He's a nine to one odds. Uh you have some other players that can uh, do it for them as well. Would, or that can win or should have an opportunity to Justin Thomas and uh, John Rom, but they're at 11 to one to do so uh, out of those four. Uh, do you guys have any names that would be a contender? Don't watch enough golf to make yeah, I'm just saying, on that. I don't watch enough. I just can't wait to get out and play it some more this year. Get started. Right. I shouldn't say some more. I haven't played it this year. The play this year. What about you, Yosh? Um, Any of those? No, not one of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say Ricky Fowler. He's due. He, I mean, I don't think he's ever won one, but I don't think he's won anything. Yeah, yeah, Fowler. I like him. He kind of reminds me of uh, who's that actor? Uh, my God, he looks exactly like him. Kind of in my mind, I can't get the. Zach Evron? <laughs> no, no. Um, I just, I, I try to think of someone that you know. No, it's, uh, I'm not going to look him up to look at his face because he just, every time I look at it, I just laugh. I mean, the only thing that gives away is his damn stupid mustache. I mean, it's just this dirty stash there, bud. So I saw a little thing about Dustin Johnson. So back in the day, I'm going to say it was probably in the, early 90s Wayne Gretzky and Janet Gretzky were on the cover of Cigar Aficionado magazine and just recently Dustin Johnson and Paulina Gretzky recreated the same photo basically for Cigar Aficionado but I just thought it was kind of cool to uh, to see that they're recreating you know parents or parent-in-law type thing for for Johnson uh that same uh that same magazine cover and and cool to you know to have a 
a father or a, or the son-in-law, depending on who you are, that you know was able to make the cover. And obviously, the, they're on the cover because of Wayne and and Dustin, not the ladies. But uh, uh, just pretty cool. I, I just thought saw that. I thought that was pretty wild. And because I don't think you'd, I don't know if there's a record book for that type of stuff, but I don't think you'll see that too often. Yeah, that was pretty cool. No, the uh, last thing I have in here, um, there is no UFC fight night or anything like that uh, this week. But we did have a uh, we did have a fight of um, Cage Fury Fighting Championship '94, where a uh, MMA a middleweight fight that was going on, Katag um, Pelev and Devin uh, Gooddale were in a a good heated fight, I would say. But somewhere in the third uh, in the third, where Pelev noticed that he was missing his ring finger. Uh, it actually was like completely severed off his hand. It was stuck in his glove. Now they're basically kind of stating that it may have happened somewhere in the second period where there was uh, grappling along the fence. And Pelev was complaining that Gooddale was um, holding his gloves while that was going on. They don't know of that where the finger may have been twisted. But yeah, in the third round, the fighter actually looks down and you say, yeah, man, I have no, I have how my, the, like my finger how do you not soccer. notice that your finger got cut off <laughs> well i think you just got so much adrenaline for sure and and i mean every time you hit the guy it's gonna hurt your hand yeah. a little bit right Jeez, so, these yeah. are hurting more than usual what's going on yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so be a lot of blood around too, uh, right? as as um as that was noticed um obviously the fight was stopped but Pelev, man, he, he was dominating that, that fight. He should have won that fight. But because they had to send him to hospital to reattach his finger, it kind of went to a no contest. Mm. Yeah. No, they, they won't show a, a lot of pictures or such on, uh, on TV. But if you definitely go out there and search the webs, they say the best one to look at is MMAfighting.com. There you go. Check it out. And you can go check that out to see his finger is no longer on what his. What did his face look like hand? when he first noticed that? <laughs> Again, your adrenaline's rushing. I mean, I, I, I'd be like, huh, I'm missing my finger. I, I, oh, I would shit. have a more yeah. strong yeah. reaction than that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah. Did you guys hear um, Poyer and uh, pretty sure his name is Poyer? And uh, McGregor have uh, signed the contracts, and they're going to be fighting in the near future. UFC. What? Yeah, Conor McGregor, and uh, I think it's Poyer, right? Didn't he just? It was Poyer, Poyer, something like that. It's got a bunch of R's in it. I think he might be French. Don't you mean Conor <laughs> McDavid? I just. <laughs> yeah, Conor McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um, Conor McGregor. Yeah, I just read that. Maybe it was something really old, but it just—I just saw something recently about it. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know why McGregor's still going in there and doing this stuff, man. The guy doesn't need the money after the after that uh, boxing match. I mean, the guy made 120, like 120 yeah. mil. It's not about like, the money, man. If you're, he also yeah. seems like the kind of guy that would have spent 120 mil by now. <laughs> you know? True, true. <laughs> so that, that that's what I have for my other stuff there, guys. I just thought that missing finger was a uh, a wow, unbelievable. All right, Peter, you want to tell us who's in your penalty box this week? Yeah, let's roll into it. So my penalty box this week is the Leafs power play for the past month. So it's April the 4th today while we're recording. Since March 24th, they are 1 for 28 on the man advantage. 
And that is good enough for a dead last in the league over that period. Nobody is worse. Not the Buffalo Sabres, not the Philadelphia Flyers, not the Ottawa Senators, nobody. And leading up to that, like they were, they had the second rated power play in the NHL leading up to March 3rd. And it was lethal. Like they, every time they uh, had a penalty drawn, there's a good chance they were scoring and taking a lead in that game. That's part of where they had that that big early season run where they were first place in the league for a while. And I don't know what, like, to my memory, it all sort of went to shit when Austin got injured and the the threat of him shooting on that power play went away. And they have never seemed to be able to recover since. So I don't know. Hopefully him coming back to... Uh, to full health, they're going to get it together and start scoring on the power play again because they're going to need to come playoff time. But I don't know, man. They've been just salty garbage since uh, since March the 4th. So they're in my penalty box. Well, hopefully things turn around and can get back on that uh, winning track and uh, get power play and win us a fucking yeah, cup. For- Maybe we should. We'll make the playoffs first, then yeah, win, a, win a round. Make it out of the first round first. Win a round. That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Josh, who's in your penalty box? All right, so going back to the NBA, but uh, this one's kind of a fun one. So the new LeBron Space Jam trailer was released. And so I've watched it, and it looks pretty good. I'm kind of excited to see it. It's uh, going to be re- The movie's going to be released on July 16th. Not sure how you'll watch it, whether it be on Netflix or whatever, because you probably won't be going to the, to the movie theater to watch it. So anyway, throughout the trailer... LeBron decides that he needs to build a superstar team, surprise, surprise, to beat the Goon Squad. He starts making a list, and his his uh, his superstars to add to his team are Superman, Gandalf, King Kong, and the Iron Giant. And there was one more that left off that they you know they they uh, moved away on the trailer. So the reason that LeBron is in my penalty box is because of this. He needs to have Superman, King Kong, and all these guys on his team. When all Mike needed in the original was Bill Murray. That's it. Bill Murray. Bill Murray and the Looney Tunes, right? Obviously, LeBron has the Looney Tunes, but he's got to add all these other, all these other, uh, you know, Superman and Gandalf and all this good stuff. Now, and in my opinion, too, the Monstars was a better team than what the Goon Squad is going to be. So the Monstars was Sean Bradley, Muggsy Bogues, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, and Larry Johnson. All Hall of Famers, all really good players. The Goon Squad, are, they're pretty good, but in my opinion, not as good as as these. And obviously, they have more career, so who knows in the in the future. But the Goon Squad is Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Diana Taurasi. So, for LeBron to need all these extra 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 help to beat the Goon Squad, and all Mike needed was Bill Murray. That's why LeBron's in my box this week. You got to be able to do it without a without a superstar team, LeBron. <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. If uh, if I had to choose between Bill fucking Murray and and all those uh, like Superman, King Kong, whoever else you list, I might go Bill Murray. Like it's Bill fucking Murray, you know? <laughs> That's right, Bill fucking Murray. Exactly, man. Exactly. Anyway, so I'm excited for this movie. Um, I'm not much of a movie theater guy. And like I said, I doubt we'll be able to go to movie theaters in July, but uh, whenever it comes out on Netflix, I'll definitely be watching it. So Kev, who's in your box this week? I hope you guys actually looked this up or at least, you know, saw this. 
Bruce Drenan. He has a little bit of a uh, a show that he pulls off of uh, for Cleveland. He takes uh, live callers on this, and uh, he had a caller that was complaining about uh, Ramirez in regards to you know walking him and and such, and how bad of a hitter he is. He doesn't hit you know ball that was in the strike zone. He only goes after his ankles and hit into a double play during that. Um, it's snowball or the snow that was falling instead of something like 30 degrees outside that was going on. But I mean, this guy just goes right off on this um, caller. The caller is like going, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an idiot. You, you don't know baseball. You're an idiot. Listen, <laughs> you're going to tell me you are judging on regards to like the, this, like how the weather is outside and, and, and going in on regards to you didn't see last year and how this player, you know, was um, clutch and such. But for you to go on a live TV show that you've had for some odd years now and telling somebody you're an ingramus, you're an idiot, you know, you don't know, you don't know nothing about baseball. I just don't see this guy having a show that much longer. But that's why you're in my box, man. You can't do that to your fans. I mean, you could have done it a different way. But yeah, it was quite exciting to watch, though, to be honest. So we don't know what really agitated him there, just a freak out? Yeah, I was just complaining. Um, yeah, it was just a total freak out to the fact that this guy would only hit an ankle like um, a ball thrown to him. You know, like he's not in the strike zone, it's out of the strike zone, and he swung into it and hit into a double play. And he says, he's, This guy's been doing this all year for the last two all years. Year? That, uh, it's been he's three been watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one game. So, you know, so I, I think that was. Uh... That was Bruce's point is that it's, you know, it's one game and it was like below freezing or whatever, but he might have overreacted like, like a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> We're to call him an ingramus or an idiot and, and such. <laughs> I, I just, just blew my mind how this guy's on, on the air doing this. Yeah. And then he hung up in his yeah, face. Get off too. my oh, show. <laughs> Then he started chuckling, which yeah. is pretty funny. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's why he's in my box. So, Kev, I'm gonna, uh, I'm actually gonna challenge you on this because I need some points. Uh, you said that the caller was talking about Ramirez, but he was talking about Framel Reyes. Well, he said it goes, you can Ramirez. simply pitch around Ramirez. Right, but it's, but you can pitch around him to get to a guy yes. like Reyes because he can't All fucking right, yeah. hit. Okay, yeah, you got me there. I agree to that. Yeah. Yes, one point. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a challenge day all day. You said that was going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, that, but that's why that uh, that's why uh, Bruce is in my box. Well, speaking of someone uh, calling guy names and everything like that, the guy I put in my box is Mister Kevin Durant. Him and uh, Michael Rappaport had a bit of a tiff, and uh, Rappaport decided to show the world what he was saying to what Kevin Durant was saying to him. He's calling him a bitch. And then among, uh, among, and then, yeah, there's a, there's a <laughs> couple other ones were a little worse in there. And then that he was a cocksucker and he wanted to fight him. <laughs> well, we're not going to get fine. Jesse, yeah, say it all, I'm, bud. I'm okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. need to go through it all, but like, just, he was, uh, he was just tearing into him and Michael Rappaport. He's a, uh, he's a Knicks fan, right? So he, like he likes to, talk a bunch of sh- shit he's a big sports fan to begin with and uh i think he he lived in brooklyn for a while and everything like that too so that's why he was giving him shit 
about there was an interviewer going on. Yeah, so KD was being interviewed by Charles Barkley, I think, and I can't, I don't know exactly what the question was, but apparently KD looked like he was going to cry, according to Rappaport, uh, and that's kind of what kind of set this all off. Right, and he direct messaged him and everything like that, and was like just giving it to him and everything like that. I wanted to fight him, and they on like Tenth Ave or something like that, or not on anything. Meet me there, and like. <laughs> Like this is not new for Kevin motherfucker. Durant. Like he 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 does this. He's he's a little sensitive, and he has made up fake accounts to go in and defend himself before there that has been broke that he did do that. And there was some of that stuff when Draymond Green was calling him out in uh, Golden State and everything like that. And he didn't. They said that he was being sensitive and stuff like that when Draymond was calling him out. Draymond calls everybody out more or less. So nothing new there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's why he's in my penalty box, just because he's being he just went after this guy. Like they're both they're both professional. Like uh Rappaport didn't really he was just giving him shade and everything like that. But it was all like just Twitter fun kind of thing like that. But he went right at it. But when he posted that stuff on the DMs on his Twitter about what he was saying and everything like that, I was like, like you don't want to ruin this guy's career. He he also Rappaport also like filed some legal yeah. uh, papers against against uh, KD defamation the character in one so you know which okay i get that you know i can understand where he's coming from but then he kind of by doing so you know that's obviously going to set the the guy off and he's you know so you kind of have to expect that out of out of a you know kd to, to bitch back at him type thing after after doing that and he called him out called him a bitch for doing that like you know but i, I can't can't really blame Rappaport in that sense, although nothing would have come out come out had he not shared those those DMs. So, well, anyways, the NBA fined him fifty thousand dollars too. So, what's that to KD though? Right? How would you like it? Twenties, fifties, hundreds, thousands. <laughs> Either way, like you said, Jess, he can't be when you are a public figure like that. You have to expect something is going to come out. And you can't be doing that shit. Now, apparently these guys were friends back in the day. I guess they had like a YouTube type show or, or what have you, where they would, you know, they go on and they'll just make fun of things. And I watched a little bit of one of it, but it was actually pretty funny. Like KD has kind of said like, you know, Mike, we, we were, have been like this a lot. Like we, we go back and forth like this all the time. What do you, you know, what are you calling me out and, and trying to throw litigation at me for defamation of character when this was kind of a, a fun thing, according to KD that they used to do. And, uh, you know, he said he's called them way worse and this, that, and the other thing. So, uh, but like I said, you can't, when you're a public figure, you cannot do anything wrong nowadays. You, if you're, everybody's watching you or something like this will happen where a guy gets pissed off and, uh, and then, you know, post the post the personal messages for everybody to see and, I don't think that it's going to go anywhere from here. I think the 50 grand by the NBA was that that's as far as the NBA cares. They, they made some money and I highly doubt anything actually happens uh, legal wise between Rappaport and, and Durant. Yeah. Like from what I saw and maybe I didn't see the whole thing, but I think the worst thing he called them was a bitch and a cocksucker. Unless I uh, missed some of it. Word in there. Yeah. There, yeah. There was some other stuff. In. Yeah. Okay. So, but I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me because I can talk and shit. No, there was, there was a few other things in there that, uh, that I saw at least, but... Uh... Yeah, Google it for sure and see. Check all the DMs. Oh, there's some pretty intense things he was saying. 
And I think the fact yeah. that he wanted to like like fight him and everything like that. Bite him. And he was talking about his <laughs> wife and everything. Like that too, so. And like Rappaport is in LA right now. Like I'm pretty sure he lives out at least on the West Coast, maybe not necessarily in LA. So like to call him out and be like, yo, meet me on 10th Ave, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but like to me, it's just talking shit. Like, like fuck, yeah, meet me in the streets. I'll be there at 10 p.m. See you there. Yeah. Nothing's ever actually gonna happen. I don't know. I think the big thing was there was some homophobic slurs in there, and I think that was the big thing that just set you know, Rappaport and ideally, I guess everybody else off. Yeah. So he's just got to uh, censor his shit talk a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Let's roll into the scores. Big day for points today, boys. Holy smokes. Yep. Yeah. Like Yoshi said he was going to do this and done very well at it today, bud. Josh is trying to make a fucking comeback here out of the basement. Okay. So if I got this right, I'm going to start with NCAA. So Jesse got a plus three for uh, winning the bracket. I got a plus two for second. Josh is plus one for third. And Kev, you're zero for dead last. And then our challenges. So first challenge was the GM of the Team Canada Olympic team, which neither of you got right. Uh, So Kevin and Josh both lost a point. Then I challenged Jesse on the amount of yards for the penalty for the Tom Brady rule, five versus 10. So that's plus one for me, minus one for Jesse. And then the one we just had with Ramirez. Ramirez and Reyes. And Reyes. So Josh is plus one there. Kevin's minus one, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So that brings our today's totals to a plus three for Peter, minus two for Kev, plus two for Jesse, and plus one for Josh. Okay. So. And just to go back while you're doing that, Peter, is um, <clears throat> the Ricky Fowler, Josh, would you mention, he reminds me of Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> oh, Jack. Oh, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Weird that you went to Titanic. Yeah. You can't, you, can't t- you can't tell me that he does not. You look like him a bit. So what do we got for our season scores then? Okay. I'm just trying to figure that out. So I'm at plus four on the season kevin is at minus three on the season jesse is at plus one on the season out of the out of the negative spot out of the hole yeah and josh is at minus four on the season and i think that all makes sense and we will double check it after we get off the air (laughs) yeah well we added a bunch of points this week some some took some points off but uh, at least we did a bunch of challenges this week. That's good. Yeah. Better than yeah. only one, right? Or yeah. none, and we all get fucking dinged. That's right. That only happened once, and hopefully it'll never happen again. All right, guys. Uh, how was everybody's drink tonight? Kev, why don't you start? My PBR was awesome. Four, four of them in, though. Uh, <laughs> we're good. Tastes good. Looking outside, I mean, I'm probably going to go on the, the balcony after after this and probably have another. That a boy. Jesse, how was your drink? Uh, my mission to Mars was fantastic, actually. I, I really enjoyed it. Are you there yet? Are you there yet? Yeah, I had some Akavit for lunch right before we got on, too. So I'm, I'm glowing right now, bud. So you're at the moon. Or Mars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Peter, Mars. how was your drink? Yeah, so my watermelon wheat. Watermelon juice. Back a bit Water. At first. It's watermelon wheat beer, goddammit. Water. 
so it's definitely it's got a stronger beer taste than it does a watermelon taste but you can definitely taste the watermelon it's not going to be my uh, everyday drinker that's for sure but you know what as a nice uh, patio time out in the summer sun's blaring down beer to drink i think it's pretty good it's pretty good probably not for everyone though but give it a shot see what you think josh how was your drink Oh, my Chicken Man Pale Ale from Furnace Room Brewery was pretty good. I drank it pretty quick yet again. So this is a pale ale flavored with three different types of hops for a punch of citrus. And it did have a citrus flavor. It wasn't too bitter. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't think I haven't enjoyed one beer yet. So I'll eventually probably buy this one again. I got a bunch of craft beers in the fridge, so it might take a few weeks. But uh, I would definitely give this one another go. And like I said, it's based off of some random dude that used to ride a bike and have a chicken on his bike uh, throughout Georgetown. So if you're in the area, <laughs> it says right on the can, if you're in the area, just ask one of the Georgetown residents to tell you some stories about this guy. So we might have to go to George, Georgetown and see just what ask these stories questions. are all about. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, that's going to do it for today. So I'd like to thank you all for listening. Please subscribe and give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Points Penalties. And until next week... Stay Stay out out of the the penalty penalty box. box.